0: Thank you for that. We um, obviously, I was telling uh, someone this morning at Bethlehem that uh, Carter's grandfather uh, was going to be baptizing him. And then uh, Brother Thomas wants me to. Lead in the Lord's Supper, so I'll uh, be the first one to serve him uh, the Lord's Supper, which is kind of interesting and I think very neat that uh, both grandfathers um, started praying for him before we knew him. Didn't, you know, they kept it a secret. I mean, you know, they didn't reveal, they didn't have a golf ball reveal or anything like that you know uh so we had to wait and and uh and then they said well it's carter and so uh, but we were praying for him while bridget was carrying him that the lord would in his time bring him to himself even as we do every day for all of our grandchildren and we pray for all of our children Every day this morning, we prayed that the Lord would give them a sense of himself on this, his day. And, uh, and we do pray and we make no apologies about praying. And we have prayed in front of them that the Lord, our children, we pray that the Lord would save them in front of them and let them know that that is their great need. And so, uh, and so here it is, uh, uh. We have been talking about this for uh, for many uh, uh, for many days and uh, uh, and we were uh, anticipating this happening and uh, I do appreciate uh, Pastor Thomas when uh, my long friend in fact someone said, uh, "When did you meet Brother Thomas?" I said, "I think I've always known him. I don't remember ever meeting him." Uh, but I do remember that we have been uh, working together in this gospel for all these years, very close, and then uh, my, uh, my son married his daughter, and so uh, there is this uh, grand union, and, um, and someone told me Joe Neeson loves to pick with both Brother Thomas and me, and uh, so he keeps telling me I'm kin to Thomas, And I said, I'm not kin to Thomas. I'm kin to some people that are kin to Thomas, but I'm not. And uh, I think Brother Thomas does the same thing. Uh, So uh, it's been a long and wonderful, obviously prosperous friendship and uh, with all these shared grandchildren that we will give God no rest until he draws them to himself. We will pester our God until he pours out grace upon them all. And uh, we will uh, indeed beg him to do that. Well, let me just tell you just a minute about Barnabas O'Lowry. He went to get his, his visa on thursday and they rejected his piece. they said how long have you ever left africa before he says no i haven't and so uh and he kept telling he said the ones who got rejected are the ones that that had never left africa well i mean you got to leave africa for the first time don't you and uh so anyway i called my congressman and and a lady named Deborah Hembry is uh, calling the passport office and and just pray that, that we'll get, you know, it seems like to me it would just be easy for the congressman to pick up the phone, call the embassy in Nairobi and say, give the man a passport. But I don't know, I guess it works that way. But uh, we need to pray because if he doesn't get the passport, obviously he won't be here. And we had made big plans for him to be here, so... Uh, we, we're praying, so I'd ask you to pray uh, about that. Well, here we are, baptism. We are Baptist. Our very name tells what we believe about this ordinance. We believe there are two ordinances. We'll see them today the ordinance of baptism, the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. And, uh, and now there are those who misunderstand baptism. There are those who uh, misunderstand the word of God about baptism. But we as Baptists have the proper understanding of baptism, and I do not shy away from saying that. Baptism cannot be a work of salvation because you cannot work for your salvation. Baptism has to be something that, that is around salvation, has something to do with salvation, but it has nothing in its merit that would bring to anyone salvation. So. What is it? Well we read in Acts chapter 2. I guess the classic passage. Verse 37 says. Now when they heard this. That is this message of Peter. When they heard this message of Peter. They were pricked in their hearts. They. They. Uh, They felt the sting of this gospel. You know anything about that? Have you ever had a a heart that was pricked by these truths that cannot be ignored? They were pricked in their heart. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit. And so here we see, first of all, repent. What does it mean to repent? Repent. Well, metanoia means to change the mind. Surely it means to turn around, but, but ultimately repentance has something to do with the mind. It is a change of mind. Now you used to think in this direction, now you think in this direction. You used to be an enemy of God, but now you're a lover of God. You see? These are the thoughts and the, the attitudes of the person who has been pricked in their heart. you see. And all of these people, for example, the Church of Christ that believe baptism saves you, they miss all these things. They were pricked in their heart. There was something of the Spirit that happened to them, you see. Baptism is a response. It is a response. Even as faith and repentance are responses to what? What are they responses to? They're responses to new birth, you see. Who would ever ask to be baptized? Who would ever say, what must I do indeed to be accepted by God? Who would say something like that? Well, I can tell you, no one who is a rebel, no one whose nature is contrary to it. Something has to happen. Something had to happen to us before we even knew we needed God. Before we even knew we needed Christ because we were happily going along our way lost and unaware of it and, and really uncaring and religion meant nothing to us and we wouldn't have cared if, the, if every church in the world and every Bible uh, that's ever been printed and every preacher that's ever spoken the truth all burned up together in it. We wouldn't have cared. What makes a man begin to care about his soul? What makes a child begin to question? Now, I realize that all of this church stuff is very fascinating to children. Everything about it is fascinating. I remember as a child, the most fascinating thing I'd ever seen in the church is when I went to the back of the church, I got down on my belly, and I looked under the pews and saw that tunnel under the pews. Well, of course, I had to crawl from front to back there. Or from back to front. It's fascinating. Those water, this water up here is fascinating to children. These things are fascinating. Catches their attention. I'll never forget when I was a youth director. You know what a youth director is in most Southern Baptist churches? That's um, basic training for being a preacher. They make you a youth director first. They figure if you can deal with the youth, maybe you can deal with the adults. So I'm a youth director. Well, I had this little program, and in the morning, a couple of times a week on, uh, with children, uh, I had a little children's program, and they'd come up, and we'd teach them something, play some games, give them a treat. Well, the most fascinating thing that they wanted to do, they wanted to go into the church. So I take them in the church and I take them through the baptistry. I just just so fascinating. And so I had some little Catholic children that would come up. And uh, so we were walking over to the church. I was going to unlock the door. And uh, and they were, you know our kids are, they were cutting up and ha and you know, grabbing each other and pushing and laughing and giggling. And so I got to the door, and before I put the key in the door, I said, y'all need to be quiet. This is God's house. And they froze. And when I opened the door, the little girl standing next to me said, is he in there? Because if he is, I'm not going. And walked him around, walked him through. Fascinating. But see, uh, and, and that's good. I want them to be fascinated. I want them to see that there's something of value in this thing. But there's also danger in that. Because now some children are just, you know, little brats and you can't do much with them. But, but a lot of children want to please you. You know, a lot of our children... So, if they see it's pleasing to you to confess Christ or to say, I love Christ, then they'll do it, you see. But what we have to, as adults, we have to watch for the evidence of it, you see. I remember there was a little girl that came into my office, her mother brought her in there. I don't know, she was about nine, ten, maybe. And uh, so her mother wanted me to examine the child. Well, I can tell you this. If you live with the child and you know the child and you know the personality of the child, you're a lot better judge of what the child is than the preacher because you know what they're going to tell the preacher? What they think the preacher wants to hear, you see. That's why the preacher can't ask really yes, no questions, you know. You believe in Jesus? Yes. You believe in fairies? Yes. See? Well, so I said to her, I said, now, now, Lauren, why are you here? And her mom was all nervous now, right? I said, Lauren, uh, they're telling me that you wanted to tell me something. What did, well, I I wanted to be baptized. I said, well, Lord, why do you want to be baptized?
1: Because I saw my little friend
2: baptized. And uh, She got a lot of attention.
0: I said, now, Lauren, do you think that's a good reason to be baptized?
1: She said, no.
0: Now, her mother's ready to die. And a big old tear came down the little girl's face. And I said, well, i tell you what. Keep listening. And I'm going to keep praying for you. And when the Lord opens your heart and you know the real reason you should be baptized, then we'll talk again. She says, okay. So she walked out and one of the first people she saw was my daughter Stephanie. And Stephanie said, Lauren, how did it go with the preacher? She said, I just went there and made a big old fool out of myself. Repent. Now that doesn't mean perfection. Because if that meant perfection, none of us could be baptized. But that means a change of mind about these things. You were going in the wrong direction. Now you're going in the right direction. You were going away from God. Now you want to go to God. And then be baptized. Now what is this baptism? Why did they bring up the baptism? But I can tell you exactly why they brought up the baptism, because we identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, you see. The bapt there's nothing. Look,
1: baptism is nothing
0: without this reality behind. So baptism is really, before we started aisle walking. How many of y'all were in churches where you walked aisles to, to receive Jesus? Right? Uh, filling out cards, you see. Filling out cards and, and then uh, answering the questions right. See? That, that was, they call that a, a, a profession of faith, but that's not the biblical profession of faith. The biblical profession of faith is your baptism. You are identifying with Christ. You're telling the world that you are a child of God and that you're not ashamed to bear his name. That now I have allegiance with him. And the way I show you that is that I enter into this ordinance that he has given to us. That we might show the world who we are and whose we are. For the remission of sins. And then we're going to get a gift.
2: It's going to be the Spirit of God. Well,
0: What is baptism a picture of? Because it is a symbol. It is a picture. There is no reality in the ordinance. There's only a reality behind the ordinance. And if the reality behind the ordinance is not there, then the ordinance is not an ordinance at all. I can tell you it's not even a good bath. So what does it picture? Well, the first thing it pictures is the gospel. I love the hymn we sang, this gospel. It pictures the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It shows to the world, even as this will, even as the Lord's Supper will, will show to the world this gospel. I've heard it said by some people, we must always preach the gospel. Use words when necessary. So we preach the gospel with more than words. We preach the gospel with living, with life, and we surely preach the gospel with these ordinances. And so when Carter stands up, and when Brother Thomas puts him under the water, you see, it is going to be Showing you the gospel. How did, we, how did we become saved? What was this all about? Well, I can tell you this. We were not redeemed by corruptible things like silver and gold. Now, if you were talking about corruptible things, would silver and gold be the first two you'd name? But he did. Not by corruptible things like silver and gold but we are saved by the precious blood of Christ.
1: It was a brutal and bloody cross, beaten to where his lungs through his back were exposed. pierced
2: in brow, and hand, and in feet. Why?
1: I
0: remember one of the young ladies that said to us, I knew he died.
2: I just didn't know why. I didn't know why.
1: And then she learned. It was for you. He bore your sin.
2: In his body. On the tree. And he died. Died.
0: strange design. The firstborn seraph tries in vain to sound the love of death of of grace divine. Tis mercy all. Or love divine. Tis mercy all. Let heaven adore and let angel minds inquire no more. Now I can tell you this. If Christmas God manifest in the flesh, if that is something that is so magnificent that we will never sound the depth of that, how much more, how much exponentially more is the bloody cross of Christ because he is God with every attribute of God. And indeed, Wesley puts it right. The immortal dies What strange device. It is mystery. How can immortality
2: die? And nothing less than that could have
1: accomplished our salvation.
0: Nothing less than his death. And so when we see this baptism, we are reminded he died. Really? He didn't swoon. It wasn't fake. And it frightened the Lord. He's in the garden. This is not drama. This is not just simply mockery.
1: He's sweating as it were drops
0: of blood. Didn't say he was sweating blood, but he was sweating as if it were. It was pouring off of him as if he had been wounded.
1: Begging, oh the pity, oh the pitiful cry
2: of this our Savior, weeping and begging God
1: his Father to please there be another way.
2: Please let this cup pass. From me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done.
0: Pilate says to him, "Don't you know that I have the power to kill you or let you go free?" And Jesus said, you have no power over me except that which is given to you of my Father in heaven. And when he made his soul a sacrifice
2: for sin, it pleased God to bruise him. can understand such a thing, but when
1: we see this baptism such a thing ought to grip us again and he was buried
0: and I love the fact that he was buried in a borrowed tomb because he's going to return it. now what do you think the disciples What do you think they were thinking from sundown Friday to Sunday morning when the women came running saying the tomb is empty? I tell you, they were undone.
1: They thought all was lost. What a horrible three days they
0: But then on the third day, the Father raised him from the dead, he brushed the change of death away from him because death thought he had it his prey, but death lost the grip on his prey. And never before, you see, did such a thing happen. That death lost the grip. Death always has the grip. Death always is sure of his prey. But now he's raised from the dead. Brushes it aside. The stone is rolled away. And he walks out alive. And so that's what this shows. This wonderful gospel. But the next thing. Well, well, just let me say this, that here's what the Lord said about that in Matthew 20, verse 22. You remember the story, you remember the mother of Zebedee or, or, or the mother of the sons of Zebedee, James and John, came to Jesus and said, Can my son sit at the right and left hand when you come into your kingdom? But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I shall drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? The next picture, baptism is a picture of what the believer has experienced. And I'm telling you, if the believer has not experienced this, then this is no baptism at all. In fact, this is nothing, less than nothing. It's less than nothing because it might give people false hope. Well, I was baptized. You see, as people, say, well, when were you saved? Well, I was baptized. No, I understand you were baptized, but when were you saved? You see, it's coming to life. It's coming to life supernaturally. All of this is supernatural. There's nothing natural about this. There's nothing worldly about this. This is something that only the children of God will ever experience. And they will ever experience it, or they will experience, maybe I should say, because of what God has done in them, you see. Faith and repentance are responses to new birth. He said, "But well, that doesn't make sense. Well, I don't know if it makes sense or not, but I can tell you what, it's biblical that we, we respond, even the best faith and message, which is not the greatest, most sound, well, it's surely not the deepest confession of faith I've ever read, but it says that. It's got that right. Herschel Hobbes got that right. He didn't get much else right, but he got that right. What is new birth? New birth is the work of the spirit that is wrought in the heart of a person to which the person responds in faith and repentance. Or you can go to John chapter 1. He made the world. The world didn't know him. He came into his own, but his own received him not, but as many as received him. Wait a minute. He came into his own, they received him not, but as many as received him. There are some who received. Well, if none received him and some are receiving him, then why are those some receiving him when none received him?
1: Who were born
0: not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So let's take all that middle out of it. Who does receive them? Those born of God. Who comes to be baptized? The one born of God. Who comes to the table of the Lord. The one born of God. Who confesses Christ. The one born of God. Who lives for Christ. The one born of God you see. Because the apostle tells us in Ephesians 2. You.
1: hath he quickened. You. He is brought to life. Who were dead. It's trespasses
2: and sins.
1: The apostle writes
0: to Titus. He says to Titus in Titus 3, 5, not by the works of righteousness, which ye have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing
1: of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit. Something's behind this.
0: Something that's happened to Carter. I couldn't see it. His father couldn't see it. His other grandfather couldn't see it.
2: His mother couldn't see it. He knew it. He knew it. There's something different
1: here. Wesley said,
0: My heart was strangely warm. Others say that I was
1: melted into tears. A transformed nature. Perfect? No, not perfect, but purposed.
0: Purposed. Now I shall live for Christ. Why would you do such a thing? Because he called me to himself, and he gave me life, he gave
1: me a new heart and a new mind,
0: and a new purpose, and a new disposition. And he's taken this personality that he gave me at my birth, and he didn't change that personality, but he redeemed it. And now it's a weapon in the hand of Almighty God to accomplish his purposes in the earth. If that is not what is behind this baptism, then it's no baptism at all.
1: And then the last thing it
0: pictures is the blessed hope. Because one day, even as death could not hold its prey when Christ was raised from the dead, death indeed will not hold us.
1: You see, Oh, death, where is
2: your sting? O oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death has been removed,
1: for the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law but we are no longer under the law
2: but under grace.
0: Here's what the apostle says to the church at Rome. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. The book of Revelation says
1: that we have two resurrections. The
0: first resurrection is regeneration. The second resurrection is when these bodies come out of that grave. I don't understand it. I don't believe in soul sleep. I believe that when we die, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, but one day somehow, when the last trump shall sound, the grave shall open, and they which have been buried, that, that body, that very same body, will come up out of the ground. Though it will be in another likeness, because you plant a seed but it's a corn plant that comes up from the seed, so it'll be something different, but it's the same substance, the same thing when the last trump sounds. Now, of course, we don't know a lot about that because a lot of that is mystery, but we do believe it. And the graveyard shall be open on that great and glorious day. That's our blessed hope. And when we stand out, at the grave, and we plant those bodies. You see, the graveyard is a place of hopelessness. It's over. How can you walk up to somebody when some of their loved one, when this loved one had died, and say, well, it's going to be all right? The 17-year-old girl I heard about this morning just instantly went down with some condition that the doctors don't even know, and if something doesn't happen quickly, she'll be dead. How can I walk up to that mother and say, well, it's going to be all right. How glib, how
1: unfeeling, how heartless.
0: What makes the grave turn from a place of hopelessness to a place of hope?
1: That's what baptism shows us, right? Right? Buried, dead, buried. But we shall rise again.
0: And somehow we who are with Jesus are going to meet those bodies that come up out of that grave. I don't know all the mystery of that, but I do know that that's our blessed hope. So baptism shows us the gospel. Baptism shows us the experience of, of the one baptized, the supernatural power of God in new birth, and baptism shows us that we have a blessed hope. coming. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you, Father, for what you have done in Carter's life, And we are so excited as we anticipate what you're going to do with him in this life. So bless him. Give him grace. Help him to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. And this we pray in the name of Christ.